Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, this is a special edition of Locked On Hornets, a breaking news edition of Locked On Hornets. Guys, I got breaking news. Always excited for some breaking news. Extra special, extra crispy. Extra crispy news. Charlotte getting the 2019 All-Star Weekend. Of course, this comes after the 2017 All-Star Weekend was awarded to Charlotte. And then in June of 2016, that All-Star Game was moved to New Orleans. Uh, But they now uh, will, it's officially confirmed by the NBA, the 68th NBA All-Star Game will be taking place in the city of Charlotte. We've got an interview Uh, with Executive Vice President and uh, Chief Sales and Marketing Officer for the Charlotte Hornets, Pete Gwelly, coming up in just a moment. Also, we're going to hear from our good friend, uh, Nada. But just quickly, David, your reaction when you heard the news today? Um, Excited, obviously, for the game to come back. I think we had been kind of anticipating this ever since the, the, the changes on HB2 came down. And I know that uh those changes were not enough for some people. And, and I completely understand that. I, I do think I'll be interested to, to hear what the folks think, but you know, uh, as a fan of Charlotte, obviously the NBA, obviously the all-star game, this is something that we had always seen as a big deal for Charlotte. So from that perspective, obviously I know the team's excited and, and the city uh, will be ready and I'm sure they're excited too. They've got plenty of time to get ready. The game will take place on February 17th, 2019, but I'm sure for the people that are preparing for it now or maybe re-preparing well, yeah. for it, I guess, is the They've right... They've already done. The They've right, already done their homework. Yeah, so, but the, but I'm sure some things will change between now and then, and they'll they'll have to, to do some different things. So it'll, it'll come sooner than you think. But let's kick it over to Pete Gwelly. He's one of those people that will be helping uh, to prepare the Hornets, Spectrum Center, and Charlotte for the game in 2019. I spoke to him earlier today about this entire situation. Take a listen. Pete, the All-Star Game will return uh, to Charlotte in 2019. When did you learn the news and what was the reaction around the office? Well, there's been a lot of discussion. It's really heated up over the last couple of weeks, and it started to seem like it was a come to fruition, but it was formally announced this morning at around 11 o'clock. And needless to say, there was a lot of excited people here in the office. It's, um, you know, with the game being scheduled in 17 and then rescheduled for 19, it's been a long road to get here. So I think that made it that much sweeter. Yeah, take me back to July of 2016 when you got the news that the game was being moved, obviously. There was disappointment, but what did you do as an organization to bounce back and refocus efforts on returning the weekend to Charlotte in 2019? 
Well, yeah, we were absolutely were disappointed, but you know, to the NBA's credit, there was a lot of dialogue between the league and the team. I mean, ultimately, it's the league's game, and it's their decision what they want to do with it. But it was a real collaborative process, and you know, once we realized that the game was likely to go away, the discussion turned to more of a deferral and how we could potentially keep the game and what would be the first opportunity for that. So that was probably the best thing that we did first from day one when we learned the game was in jeopardy to start looking at what our alternatives might be to get the game here again in the future. And fortunately, 19 was available and the league was amenable to working with us on it and basically held it for us, hoping that we could work things out, uh, you know, in the North Carolina market. And when we got to a point that they were comfortable they pulled the trigger and, and we were able to keep the game here. So it really goes back to, I think, just being forward thinking and proactive about what our next opportunity was. And how influential was owner Michael Jordan in facilitating the event's return to Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, I think there were a couple people internally that were critical to this happening. And obviously, you know, MJ was a huge part of it. You know, he knew that this was a big event for Charlotte. And, you know, when we host the game in 2019, I think it'll be 28 years since the last one. So these don't come around very often. And, and ever since we made the transition to the Hornets, it's something that we felt the city was ready for and the team was ready for. So, you know, he was he was on board to make it happen and wanted to make sure that the game was going to get here in the short term. And then our team president, Fred Whitfield, I mean, he spent a lot of his time over the last few years, first of all, securing the game. And then once the game left, doing everything he could to keep the game in Charlotte. And he was the one guy that kind of had connections to all the constituencies, right? The team, hmm. the NBA, he's from North Carolina and he, he knew some of the members of the state assembly. And then he was tied to um, the city of Charlotte and the local business leaders. So he was really kind of the constant among all those groups and put a lot of time and effort. in. I would say that, you know, this does without both of their efforts, there's no way this game is here. So the game was moved because of House Bill 2. That law has been repealed, but some are still concerned. Commissioner Adam Silver addressed those concerns somewhat in his statement. Can you tell us what your organization will be doing to ensure that the 2019 All-Star Game will be a, a fully inclusive event? Yeah, I mean, the biggest part is that it's the NBA's game. And, you know, they've put some standards in place that they need everyone to, to adhere to. And they have high expectations relative to inclusiveness and openness and we're going to make sure that we're in lockstep with them and everything that needs to be done to make sure that this game is a celebration of basketball and ultimately that was the reason why I was pulled originally I mean Adam didn't feel like it was an environment that would be conducive to celebrating the game of basketball so mm -hmm. we're you know we're going to work closely with them they're taking the lead but we're going to make sure that that this is the right environment to host a game like this. So this is pretty unprecedented, I think, in terms of a city planning for an event this large, then losing the event and then getting it back. I'm curious, what, what is the process now in terms of incorporating the preparation that had already been done in terms of logos and logistics uh, into uh, the planning now for an event that's going to happen in 2019? You know, and the good news, as you know, as well as anyone, Doug, you know, we're used to doing unprecedented things here. You know, the, the team name has never left, been used in another market and returned before we did it. You know, since then, the Rams have done it in Los Angeles, but that was unprecedented. It never happened before. And, you know, that was a very, very successful process for us. So, you know, we're, we're, we're confident that we'll be able to make the transition. And, you know, the one thing is there was a lot of groundwork that was laid prior to the game leaving. There was a lot of human capital investment in it. In it, We'd done a lot of work with the city and the CRVA and the local hotels and the local venues. So, you know, I think it's going to be easier than maybe people would anticipate because a lot of that work had been done already. So it was just a question of kind of 
tweaking those contracts and making sure everyone's on board. There are obviously things that change over a two-year period and just addressing some of those things. But, you know, we're already way down the road on a number of those things. They needed to be in place before the league would announce that the game was going to be held here again. So we're, we're, in, we're in a good spot, and we've got a relatively long lead time still to make up any necessary ground. And the city of Charlotte, will, I mean, it's in a constant state of change. Uh, do you anticipate um, any, any changes to your plans based on what the city's going to look like in 2019? I mean, you've got a, a, a rail line that's going to extend uh, much farther and, and bringing new people into the city. Any, any type of consideration for that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, I think it's a good thing. This, this city evolves so quickly. I really believe that the city is in a better position to host it in 19 than we even would have been in 17. I mean, I think obviously we would have had a successful event, but already, you know, there's been infrastructure changes here and there's more hotels coming online and and more entertainment venues coming online. It seems like every single day. And we've made a number of changes to the arena. And the biggest one was obviously the scoreboard that needed to be done before the 17 game. But, you know, we're in the middle of a big retail renovation right now. We're in the middle, middle of taking the building mobile we're we're working on a new pos system here so there's going to be more technology in place in 19 than there would have been in in 2017 so yeah i mean oddly enough it's it's actually going to work out i think to everyone's benefit and the and the entire charlotte environment is going to be in a better place to host this game when will fans uh, have a better idea of what's in store for 2019 yeah that one i don't have a great answer for yet doug we're actually going to be digging into that a little bit this afternoon i've got some meetings tomorrow and then some next week and We'll be able to give everyone a better idea, but, you know, obviously we're anticipating a lot of the similar things that were in place previously. And, you know, Bojangles will be in use. The convention center will be in use. You know, we know that there's going to be a rising stars game. We know there's going to be a celebrity game. You know, obviously the three point shootout, the slam dunk are going to be there and everything culminates with the, with the all-star game on that Sunday. Um, But, you know, we're going to have a full slate of activities. And I think there's just, there's a few things that kind of need to round into shape still, um, but people can expect a really active week of things going on here in Charlotte. And now for the most important question, the question I know <laughs> some people listening are asking themselves right this moment, even though the event is almost two years out, is someone going to have a chance to win Pete's seats for the All-Star game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, that'd be a big get, that one, Doug. I think you know I've been trying to expand win Pete's seats, and we're even doing some events now because it's been popular and it's fun. I mean, it's a great way to interact with our fans and kind of really get a gauge on how much support is out there, but we'll try. I can't make any guarantees for that game, um, but I'm going to give it a shot to do something special. And there'll be a lot of, a lot of win Pete seats between now and you know, February, 2019. That's for sure. Pete Gwelly, executive vice president and chief sales and marketing officer for the Charlotte Hornets. Always fun talking to you, Pete. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate being on. Pete is smooth, David. He's smart and he's smooth. Still with me, D. I am. I am. I am. Pete is smart and he is smooth, David. (laughs) Much like myself, Doug. Uh, Yeah, it's not his first rodeo. Now, good information, though. I I like uh, what he said at the beginning of that interview that they – Basically, the moment that they knew they were going to lose the All-Star game, they didn't sort of sit back and and start to, you know, second guess. Uh, They started to work immediately to try to um, get the change that was necessary to get the the weekend back in Charlotte and stay prepared for 
uh, that eventuality. And I think it's going to, you know, lead to a successful 2019 event. Um, but they've, you know, that's the thing. I mean, Michael Jordan, uh, Fred Whitfield, everyone has stayed involved with the NBA and Commissioner Adam Silver, but they've also stayed involved in what was going on uh, government-wise as well, communicating with the mayor here in Charlotte and Raleigh as well to try to, because that's the thing, the commissioner said that they, to to get the All-Star game back into Charlotte, there would have to be changes made. Yeah, and you said it all along. I mean, was it going to be like a business decision or were they going to look to make a a real stand? I mean, they did make a stand, and, and as you mentioned, uh, in that piece, you know, there are going to be some people that aren't quite satisfied with it. There have already been some pieces that come out uh, surrounding the NBA and how they didn't uh, do enough by, by bringing it back. But again, I mean, for the city and the team, it's, it's a huge thing. And like Pete said, it's, it's the NBA's game, right? I mean, Charlotte is merely the host, although there are a lot of responsibilities that go with that. So, yeah, I think they're, they're more than prepared. It'll be interesting to see. I wonder if we'll ever find out, you know, some of the things maybe they changed or perhaps, you know, uh, bagged as far as like stuff they were going to do. And now they're going to you know, have some new stuff out there for 19, but they got to be prepared. It's got to be the most prepared anyone's ever been. Well, it's it's so there, there are going to be these requirements for the businesses in Charlotte, for the vendors in Charlotte for the, you know, the contractors that work in any kind of capacity towards this event to um, be equal, to be inclusive. And but but that's interesting, David, because that was never going to be a problem in Charlotte. Charlotte was the city that enacted the initial uh, legislation. It was Raleigh that sort of came down and, um, you know, was was attempting to exclude people and. Uh, but that's, that's, it goes back to what you said. This was a, a business decision and, and Pete sort of alluded to it when he said that it was about the NBA not being able to celebrate basketball. They didn't think it would be an environment that would be conducive to celebrating basketball. So again, I'm sure they are concerned with the moral issues surrounding this particular issue, but at the same time, they were concerned about the all-star weekend being a celebration of basketball and the possibility of protests, the possibility of the, the news stories being about HB two and not about, you know, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, LeBron James, right. Et cetera. Right. That was the concern. Yeah. Yeah. And again, for a lot of people, you know, it was like Charlotte was getting punished for, like you said, something that Raleigh was really doing in reaction to Charlotte trying to be more inclusive. So from the NBA's standpoint, I think once they essentially had that label off the table, I don't think they necessarily ever wanted to punish, you know, Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. They've worked closely with them to work things out. So from that standpoint, you know, it kind of cleared the way for them to do that. Um, and of course, you know that's that's to Charlotte's benefit as far as businesses and and, and getting you know some attractions back here. And what do you think about the idea of it being a little bit of a silver lining that the game comes in 2019 when the city uh, will be different structurally, David? But also, nobody's really mentioned this that by 2019, the state of North Carolina politically could be a lot different because. Yeah. You've got all kinds of cases in terms of redistricting, and you'll have plenty of elections by then. 
the, the situation uh, both in the city of Charlotte and the state of North Carolina could be a lot different when 2019 rolls around. Yeah, the landscape could be, I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> I mean, that's a long time if you think about it. So, and not only for Charlotte, you know, for the team, you know, uh, let's see what these next two off seasons bring, right? Uh, you had Kemba was an all-star last year. You'd like to think he would continue that upward tra- trajectory. And, you know, maybe they can get a few more guys in there too. So a really cool thing. And I think something that the, the, the franchise and the team can hang their hat on and look forward to and, it was. It, it is unprecedented. I mean, that was a very weird situation, um, and it's you know still kind of playing out. But I'm, I'm sure they're excited to get planning again. And David, I think it all but guarantees that the Charlotte Hornets are going to continue to try to win, to try to be to try to be a playoff team for the next couple of years. Because you certainly would not think that the Hornets organization would want to blow their team up and start all over again before February of 2019. I mean, you want to, you you know, you don't want to be a city that showcases a poor team. Do you think Rich Cho did a little fist pump in his his office today? (laughs) (laughs) I think there were a lot of people in the Hornets organization doing a fist pump. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be incumbent on him, especially this season to, I think, honestly, I don't know if he's doing a fist pump. I think this puts even more pressure on him. Uh, the pressure's on everybody now to get this team in a place where uh, the store again the stories aren't about how Charlotte is hosting uh, the the All Star game and they don't have any All Stars. I mean, you don't want that to be the storyline going in. So I think they're going to be concerned with putting winning basketball on the floor. That's going to be music to some fans' ears, and other people listening right now are thinking that's absurd. Uh, you know, you don't want to base your why base basketball decisions on an event that's coming up in 2019. Why not think about, you know, 2020 or 2021 and actually, you know, competing for an Eastern Conference finals bid or, you know, uh, some people who are dreaming fancifully about an NBA championship someday say, you know, why not start now? Uh, but of course, economic realities are what they are. Um, also interesting to note, he mentioned Fred Whitfield in there. He was all over the radio today and uh, brought up this transition of the uniforms to Nike and the possibility, yes. the possibility, David, of something that I speculated earlier uh, last month that we would see these throwbacks, these Charlotte Hornets 90s to early 2000s throwbacks making their way uh, to a Spectrum Center near you. How excited! Yeah. I might be more excited for that than the All Star Weekend at this point because of all of all the politicization and the the uh, I'm a little bit All Star Weekend fatigued. But this this uniform news, I can I can truly get behind that. And we could see that earlier, right? I mean, we could see that. I guess you could see it next year. I mean, with Nike and Jordan Brand coming in uh, for next season, anything they were going to have planned has already gone through, you know, the, the check marks and, and has been signed off on. And so we may find out sooner rather than later if that will be something we see next season or not. So, I mean, that is pretty cool. And oh, I mean, a no brainer. It's like the last bit of the rebranding process is coming to fruition. So that one is a, that one is something cool to see. Okay. Not everyone fully on board with uh, this news today. Not everyone completely excited because of, as I mentioned, the the political ramifications of the repeal of House Bill 2, the House Bill 142, uh, that 
basically put us back to square one where there are no bathroom provisions, but municipalities uh, are, are not able to enforce any kind of regulations on facilities or on businesses. That's why I guess, you know, the NBA would have to come come and say, Charlotte, you have to, you know, since the government cannot regulate this, then we are regulating this and saying that your facilities, your everything have to be equal and inclusive uh, to everyone, including those in the LGBT community. Uh, so uh, not everyone happy about this, including our good friend and, and frequent commentator, Nada Edwards. I spoke to him earlier today about this situation. Let's take a listen to that. I love this place. I love I love the city. Again, it's my it's, it, I consider this my home. And it's just like we have so much to offer and i see pieces like scott fowler saying this is going to redeem everything that happened in the last two years i'm I'm sorry you can't unring that bell that bell and granted charlotte was in the right the whole time and they got punished for it and i mean like again it's so nuanced there's so many multiple layers of just what happened to it where it's like you start teasing apart the rug and then it comes apart at a, at a certain point and you find so many more threads that you need to tease apart with this thing. So, Do you feel like the NBA was fair to the city of Charlotte, fair to the Charlotte Hornets during this whole process? I do think they were fair because they got it back in 2019. Now, if they push this back even further, let's say they pushed it back to 2021-ish, like... I get where, like, that's where I have the issue. It's like, if they, they were absolutely fair, because as we discussed, what, last year, they couldn't, again, the biggest thing that we saw was that, and you pointed it out, was they couldn't actively hold this thing or successfully hold this thing without protests, at least in 2019, with the bill, basically, again, with the bill in pieces, nullified and the most egregious parts of it being nullified which is what adam silver put in his statement today that's where that's where i'm okay and i believe that charlotte was ultimately dealt a fair hand in this one i don't think do you feel like do you feel like the decision to take the game away was a business an economic decision or a moral decision and do you a little think, bit of both. Yeah. Well, and what do you think about the decision to bring it back? Was that a business decision or uh, was that a moral decision? I think that was more of a business, to be quite fair. So I taking it was away more, was a little of both. Bringing it back was purely business. Business. I, I, because at this point, you can't have Michael, you can't call Michael Jordan step in with a char- very ugly Charles Oakley situation and then tell him to, and, and tell him, Wait, you gotta wait another two years and wait till the block is no longer hot. I think you'd have gotten a very, very public stance or very public or or for Jordan, there would have been a lot of backroom screaming from him to the to the league offices and rightfully so, saying you can't use me as for for the negotiations. You can't use me for the for all these every every backroom deal that we've done in the last 12 months including the new cba 
and then not give me anything in return. I think he would have had a legitimate case in that case, in that in that point. He would have had a legitimate point to that, and I do think that's fair. And at least you know, in the statement, Commissioner Adam Silver saying that he does understand the concerns of those who say the repeal of HB2 did not go far enough, but goes on to say, quote, we believe the recent legislation eliminates the most egregious aspects of the prior law. Do you think that the NBA has enough of a moral uh, leg to stand on in this situation, or do you think that uh, there really is no, there was no reason for them to do this other than business? I think I think they didn't go far enough. I do I do think the NBA didn't go far enough. I do think they should have been wait, made to, Charlotte should have been made to wait at least another year, maybe another 2 years. But I do it's it's one of those things it's not okay with me, but I understand it. And it is a very much a business thing. And the NBA at the end of the day is a business. They are to serve their the best in the, the best interest of their business. And I understand that. I just wish that that, and I don't want to call it almost of a culture vulture situation, almost, but it kind of feels that way. Like you, like you're at if you're Adam Silver and you're out there again participating in gay pride parades and this and that, and how how do you honestly go to your your fan bases that aren't straight white males or aren't straight males for that matter? And say, look, we tried. We did the best we could. How do you go in front of them and face them when you do something like this? And I, I guess that's the part I don't get. Is how how are you going to explain it? Like the statement only goes so far, but you're still choosing to do business business with a state that basically halfway did it right, or half, or basically nullified it to back before any of the bills came about. And the question I do have going forward is if you now that you've done all this posturing and now that you've come back on it, Texas has a similar bill that is getting fast tracked. What happens if Texas passes that bill? You guys are going to boycott Texas now? Are you because at this point, your word really doesn't mean much anymore when it comes to these certain rights. And that's the thing that bugs me going forward. David, there's a lot of complexity that underlies this uh, weekend of basketball that we're celebrating uh, coming to Charlotte in 2019 and a lot of implications that Nada touched on there at, at the end of our talk. And he has a very complex opinion about it, that he thinks the NBA was fair to Charlotte by allowing it to come back in 2019 just from a, a business perspective and and from a precedent perspective, but at the same time, uh, he doesn't think that the NBA should have allowed them to have the All-Star Game in 2019, not because of anything that Charlotte did, but just because they uh, claimed to, early on, they claimed to be taking a, a stand uh, on justice, on, on this social issue, and now it seems like they, th- it is more of a business decision now. Right, and I think that's the two levels of it, right? Like, if you're outside Charlotte and you're not a Hornets fan, you don't have anything to do with Charlotte, then I completely understand you saying, hey, the NBA has no right or no business going back there. They're, they're not standing on anything they're believing in. 
Um, and, and that's one side of it. And the other side of it is, of course, you're happy for Charlotte if you're a fan of the Hornets or the fan of the city or from Charlotte that is getting the game back, you know. So it's not an, it's not a, a simple issue. Um, and I think Nada hit on a lot of those points. And I think it's pretty dead on for the most part. I mean, you know, I, I agree with them. I think it was a business decision to bring it back more than anything. Um, but again, I think you can feel two different ways about this uh, just because of the layers you're dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just go back to my earlier point that I think in 2019, uh, the situation could be completely different. And uh, I think that the NBA ultimately felt comfortable enough that the environment in 2019 would be more conducive to celebrating the game. And then I've gotten a few texts uh, from friends of mine who said, okay, now what is the NC legislator, what are they going to do to screw this up again? And honestly, that's right. not, <laughs> look, we've got until we 2019. Well, this tickets, is not right? the, that's the thing. This is not the finish line. Uh, this is not, um, uh, you know, this is not a guarantee, just like the 2017 game we now know was not a guarantee. Uh, so, I don't want to end it there. I don't want to end the show. <laughs> that's a dark, that's a dark note to end the show on. David, help me out. What are we going to end on? Well, you've always got the NCAA and you've got uh, Coach K and you've got the colleges in and around uh, North Carolina. Maybe that was certainly moving the needle enough that you know. I, but who, you're right. Hey, who knows? Well, we could end who it knows? here. Let's end it. Let's end it on this note, David. A note that we are comfortable talking about how um, how having an owner. In Michael Jordan. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. That is so close to the NBA, so close to Commissioner Adam Silver, so ingrained into the fabric of what the NBA is, is an inherent advantage for the city of Charlotte and for the Charlotte Hornets. Because I'm not certain, David, I'm certain that if it was Bob Johnson owning the team, that they would not be back in 2019. But I'm not certain that if uh, a Bruton Smith, the the owner of the basically of NASCAR and Rick Hendrick, if any of these guys were the majority, you know, owners of this team, if this thing is is back in 2019. Who knows? Yeah, of course. It well, because not only check. because yeah. not only because they don't have that relationship, but I think uh, that both Michael Jordan and Fred Whit- Fred Whitfield worked so passionately and so hard to get the situation to where it is today, which is not perfect. It was never a perfect solution, um, but they, they did everything they could. And of course, you know, there, there's economics involved for them as well. Uh, but at the same time, the, the all-star weekend will be a benefit for the city of Charlotte. It's going to be a benefit for the franchise and it's going to be a benefit for fans, so I think it's it's an important event, and I think that um, you know that that's yeah. the situation that we're and, in now. And, and, I, and I think it's nice to see two sides come together for once, and you know, be as reasonable as they can be while still uh, holding on to what they value. You know what I mean? Like the, the Hornets knew it wasn't perfect. The NBA knew it wasn't perfect. They had some maneuvers to make. They had to get some things changed. But, you know, it it could have easily gone the other way. I mean, you could see a situation where, you know, you have an owner that's just going to say, well, uh, 
you know, you, they took it away. So we're not even going to try. We're not even going to do business with them anymore. Or we're going to, you know, uh, take a stand on our values or something like that, to, you know, in this situation. So I think you're right. I mean, they, they worked really hard. Whitfield was up in Raleigh. I mean, you just see him in some of those, uh, you know, in the House or in the, in the state legislature meetings and stuff like that. So I do think you have to feel good if you're a Hornets fan about that. We've known that that relationship is there and it exists. And like Nada said, you know, the NBA called on Michael Jordan to to uh, intervene in the Knicks beef. So, yeah, that relationship certainly there and it can only be beneficial. And in this case, I, I do think it worked out certainly in the positive for the city of Charlotte and the team. All right, let us know what you think on Twitter at Locked on Hornets or on email, uh, buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com, or you can hit us up on the contact page on LockedOnHornets.com. That's all we have for this special edition of Locked on Hornets, the Hornets uh, and the city of Charlotte getting the 2019 All-Star Weekend. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.